I want to talk to you for a little while on this subject. I am a believer. I want you to say that with me. I am a believer. Come on, say that in your homes. I am a believer. The story is told of a horse pull in Canada. One horse pulled 9,000 pounds while another pulled 8,000 pounds. Now together, you would expect them to pull 17,000 pounds, but not so. When teamed together, they pulled over 30,000 pounds. The principle is called synergism. By definition, simultaneously or simultaneous action of separate agents working together has a greater total effect than the sum of their individual efforts. More can be done in a team effort than can be accomplished alone. In order for the principle of synergism to work like it should, there has to be unity. When working in unity, we can do so much more. So much more can be accomplished, accomplished when we, as a people of God, work together. Even though we're not together physically, we need to work together spiritually and in unity. We need to work in faith. We need to believe that God has everything under control. And, and we may not physically be together, but our hearts are knit together right now. We should be stronger now than we have ever been. Because now we're not relying on each other, but now we're relying on the Spirit of God. These circumstances that we're facing should drive us to our faith in God. We have not been divided, but rather we have been united in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. This is our time. This is our moment to show the world that there is a people that is called by his name and without fear we shall stand and trust in our God. We need to work together in faith and in the unity of God's spirit and not allow the enemy to distract the cause and the purpose of God that is in our lives right now. This is our day. Though I walk through this valley, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because thou, the Lord, thou art with me. I'm going to square my shoulders. I'm still going to declare to the world that this God is still alive and this God is still strong and this God is one that we can continue to have faith in and believe that everything is going to be all right. In Acts 8, 5, I don't know if they can do this or not, but if the camera, is, can we get it where we can at least see the scripture? Can you point to that over there? Just, I don't know if you can or not. If you can't, that's okay. We understand. Um, are you getting it at least? Okay. Just at least this one scripture. I want you to get this. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. He preached Christ unto them. Thank you. He was preaching a message of putting Christ in the middle 
of our homes and in their homes. Being Christ-centered brings us together in spirit even when we can't be together in church services. And because of the message Philip preached, great multitudes and people were surrounding, surrounding him and multitudes while they were around him, there was great miracles took place simply because he preached Jesus Christ unto them. But it's interesting. They were going from house to house because the message was centered around Jesus Christ. It was not centered around a crowd. It was not centered around having church together. It was centered around Jesus Christ. And because the message was centered around Jesus Christ, we find in Acts 8, 6, and the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, and it says in the seventh verse, For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, and that were lame were healed. Why? Because it was not about the crowd. It was about Jesus Christ. Oh, hear what I'm saying. That's why the Bible says where two or three are gathered together. Why does it say that? Because the Lord doesn't need a crowd. He can use a home right now, and he can step into your place, and he can use every, every individual that is willing to say, we're going to center this home around Jesus Christ and say, I am a believer. I am a believer, not just to say I believe in the saints and not just to say I believe in a gathering, but more importantly, you would say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer for the world today. And it's time for us to arise and declare that we are the people that are called by his name. Oh, I feel the spirit of the Lord coming in this place today. Unclean spirits crying with loud voice. Many that were possessed and taken the palsy and they were lame and many were sick, but they were healed because they put Jesus in the middle of their homes. And the Bible says in the eighth verse, and there was great joy in the city, not just in the homes, but in the city because this is where the people of God proved that Christ is the answer. The believers proved that Christ is the answer. I don't care about pending problems. I don't care about what the world is saying. I don't care what the media is saying. I don't care what other countries are going through. Jesus Christ is still in control. I am a believer. Oh, hear me today. I am a believer. If you believe that with me, say it in your homes right now. I am a believer. Look at someone next to you and say, I am a believer. I believe God's getting ready to do something great in this time of trouble, and he's going to bring it out of the and we're going to see one of the greatest moves of God that we have ever witnessed. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the people, the people with one accord. It was the people that gave heed to what Philip was speaking. It was the people that had faith in this Christ that he was preaching about. And then they started seeing the miracles unfold. This one accord and unity is what the devil can't handle. 
He would like to discombobulate and he would like to divide us. He would like to tear us apart and tear us down. But I've got news for the devil. No. We're still going to trust in our God. And I'm telling you, this one accord and unity stuff that the devil can't handle, this should be common. I don't care if we're in the service here today or not, or if we're just in our homes, or wherever we're at, and family, with family in their homes. I think we should continue in unity of faith and believe that our hearts are knit together, and there is nothing the devil can do to destroy the plan of God in our lives. This should be common. He preached Jesus unto them. That's why we need to understand there's one plan. There's one purpose. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Motivated, we are all motivated to one end. All working together under the power of Jesus Christ through the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel God in this house right now. Do you believe that in your home right now? Are you accepting what God is speaking to you through this world? right now, you need to raise your hands and just thank the Lord for what God's doing right now. Come on, just take a couple of moments and lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in my mind, in my home, in my family, in my children right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all centered around Jesus Christ. It's all centered around Jesus Christ. Let me, let me just show you how this unfolds. Jesus even affirms this in Mark 16, 17, and 18. Jesus is speaking, so if you have a red-letter edition Bible, then you will note that this is Jesus speaking. And by the way, we want to encourage you to have your Bibles available and ready to go when pastor is preaching in your homes. That's your sword, and you need to take a hold of that sword and fight the good fight of faith with your sword. And you're not going to be able to step out on the battlefield and fight if you don't have your sword. Jesus says in Mark 16, 17, And these signs shall follow them that what? Believe. Everybody say believe. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Believe in my name. Believe in my name. Christ-centered. Those that believe in Christ, not the crowd, in Christ, not the gathering, in Christ, not the government, in Christ, not the media, in Christ, not anything else but just simply saying, Lord, I believe in you. Christ-centered. So what I'm telling you today, the sign of a believer in our homes is the name of Jesus Christ. That sign says that sickness does not live here. The sign of the believer says doubt does not live here. The sign of the believer says that fear does not live here. The sign of the believer says I decree it. The sign of the believer says I declare it. The sign of the believer says I believe it. The sign of the believer says I am a believer. And this thing that I am declaring shall not overtake us. But we shall be victorious. And then he says in the 18th verse, they shall take up serpents. Every time I read this passage, I feel like I have to qualify it because really what it's saying is not literally take up serpents. So we don't believe that you should be handling snakes. I probably, I really shouldn't have to say this. I probably should, but I shouldn't have to. 
It's not what it's saying. It's not taking up serpents literally. It simply says that the old serpent, which is Satan himself, he says, when you fight the devil, when you take up, there's always going to be a fight against the devil if you're walking with God. And if you're a believer, you will always have to fight the serpent. So he's saying, when they take up serpents, when they take up a fight against the devil, and if they drink any deadly thing, then he says, it shall not hurt them. Then it goes on to say about the people, about the believers, and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Unity creates a spiritual power to kick Satan out and keep Satan out when you believe in Jesus Christ and it is the center of your home. It builds faith in times like this. Putting Christ in the center builds confidence. It creates a power that only comes through the name of Jesus Christ. That's why I say I want to be a believer. I want to trust in my God to know that everything is under control. We call this apostolic ministry. This is an apostolic church. We're not just a Pentecostal, quote-unquote, church by the world's definition. But this is an apostolic church. An apostolic church means that we exercise apostolic ministries, the ministries of the apostles. Apostolic ministry is not only what we do here at our local assembly in this church. But apostolic ministry is what are you doing in your home? What are you doing in your home? Because apostolic ministry is not just pastors and preachers. It's not just about Brother Wilson and, and Pastor Bibb and Brother Hawks and Brother Flores. It's not, it's not about any of that. It's, it's more than just that. It's talking to the people of God. Now I'm speaking to you right now, right inside of your home to let you know that I'm talking directly to you. That apostolic ministry is not just about us. It's also about you and what are you doing? See, the body of Christ is to exercise the ministry of the Acts of the Apostles. And that was that we were to go from house to house, not necessarily from church to church. Many times we get so, so caught up in this idea that we can't have church if we're not in the building. But I'm going to tell you, I, I don't believe that for one moment. I believe that you ought to be having church like you've always had church in your homes. Now, we're going to assemble back here together again, and it's going to be a blowout service, and we know God's going to bless us in a mighty way, and I believe it's going to contribute to one of the greatest uh, influx of people and revival that POP has ever seen. But until then, let us go and, and let us be in unity from house to house, even though we physically might not go from home to home, but in unity we can go, and in faith we can go from house to house and encourage one another. Let the Spirit of God become contagious. I specifically use that word contagious because I want you to know just like the devil is trying to destroy our world with this virus, I think we ought to bring it back to life with being contagious with Jesus Christ and with the power of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives and in the lives of others. Your 
family needs to see you praying. Your family needs to see you on fire for God. Your friends need to know that you have faith and you have no fear. The world needs to recognize that there's a people that is called by his name that shall stand up and note that we are not afraid in the time of crisis. Even though we're walking through this valley, why is it we're not going to fear any evil? Is because thou art with us. I want to share something with you. There's the three W's in unity. Number one is work. Number two is worship. Number three is word. Work, worship, and word. Those three things need to be in your home. Number one, work, 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 work is our objective, is that people are to be saved. How do we do this when we're quarantined to our homes? Well, I'll tell you how to do it. Pick up your phone. Text someone that you haven't talked to in ages and let them hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Let them know that you're praying for them and that you want to talk to them about uh, how God has blessed you and how God has, has redeemed you from your sin. Work, work, work. Number one, work. Number two is worship, worship. That's why we have the praise team up here today is because we want to make sure that you have worship in your homes. Why is it imperative that we have worship? So that we can flow together. And why is it we want to flow together? So simply so that we can have unity in the spirit. And the third one is word. Everybody say word. Come on, say it. I can't hear you all in there. There you go. I think I heard a few people at their house say word. The third one is word. We need to be united in sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. That's why we want you to know that the name of Jesus Christ is still, is still the message of the Pentecostals of Enos. We want you also to teach and to preach that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is still essential to salvation. We want you to tell everybody that baptism in Jesus' name is still the, the remedy to man's sin, that the burial of Jesus Christ is what washes away all of our sins. Word, word, sound doctrine. I am a believer. That's why I work that people might be saved. That's why I worship, that we can flow together. That's why I love the word and I preach the word. Why? Because I am a believer. I shared this some time ago, but I'm gonna share it with you today. You may tie the tails of a cat and a dog together. And you may tie them together by a rope and have union, but you don't have unity. We many times gather here together in this building, yet we gather here together as a people, but then in turn we're worlds apart. Or be We can be worlds apart and still be together. Right now, it seems like we're worlds apart, but we're still together in unity and in spirit. 
I don't think this is going to hinder the church. I don't think this is going to destroy the church. I think we're closer now than we have ever been. I think all of us are uniting together. I can feel that. Brother Wilson and I were just walking around and saying, man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place, and I feel God, and, and we don't have a crowd here. We just It's just a few of us, just, just a little slim crowd here, but yet we still feel the anointing. You want me to tell you why? Because we're networking. We're networking. We can feel the, what's going on in your home in the Spirit, and we know that God is doing a work because you're watching this program and, and watching this service, and we can feel something, an undergirding or an undercurrent of God's presence because this is not something we're doing just for entertainment. We feel the anointing of God in your homes, working together with what we're doing here in this service today. Hmm. It's unfortunate, though. We can come to church and, and kind of take for granted until we're shaken like we are now. And we can have union. We're kind of together. But many times pastors preach this over and over again, that we have union a lot of times, but we don't have unity as a church as we should. So I'm saying to you, we, we can have union going to church and never obtain unity. So this is a time for the church to unify in the spirit. I don't take much more time, but Sin, sin, and I, I need you to get this. I, I really need you to understand this portion, portion of this message. Sin is not the act of rebellion. Sin is not the act of rebellion. Sin is not the act of rebellion, but the absence of obedience. Sin is not the act of rebellion. But the absence of obedience, I want that to sink in. Just think on that for a little bit. Maybe God is saying to some of us that you're not doing anything. And now that you have the time to do something, you need to do something about it. He's given you time to do something. He's put everything on hold for the church to do something. And this is a time when the people need to show the world that we have a whole lot we can do right now. Because we're living in a world right now and in a time right now when people are doing nothing. But I'm going to suggest that you do something. Get down on your knees and do something. Open your Bible and do something. Come on. Get on the phone and call your family and your friends and tell them from a fearless faith how great God is and how good God is. Do something. Get on Facebook and go to POP Members Connect and tell your story of how you found POP. Do something. Get connected with the Spirit of God and say, even if I'm not at church, I'm still going to do something. And you need to put up your fist and say, devil, you messed with the wrong people. We are the children of God, and we are going to do something when everybody is doing nothing.
In Matthew 23, 23, it says, Woe unto you, scribes. Jesus is speaking. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. For ye pay tithe the mint and Ananias and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. He says, you forgot about judgment, you forgot about mercy, and you're forgetting about faith, and you think that you can just buy your way into heaven by giving your money? He said, no, 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 that's not the way it works. He says, you can't just take a portion of what you think you can do and think that that will suffice in being the will of God. No, he's saying all of it matters. He says all of it matters. Your tithes matters. Your, your offering matter, matters. And the law matters. And judgment matters. And mercy matters. And faith matters. Then he goes on to say, ye should have done all of this. And then he says, but not leave the other undone. The operative word here is undone. He's talking about the undone part. He's talking about the undone part. Sin is not the act of rebellion, but the absence of obedience. And he is saying to them, you have not been obedient because you take and you pick and choose what you want to believe. But now that you're in a crisis, it's time to believe in it all. Say, if we're going to believe that he's big enough to save us, then we are going to have faith that he's big enough to keep us. So Jesus was talking about the undone part. Remember, the undone part is as destructive as the sinful doing part. And then after Philip preached Christ unto them, it said there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. And the people looked at him, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. This man is the great power of God. They looked at Simon, and they thought that he was the answer. Beware of putting your faith in people and not in Christ. And it goes on to say in the 11th verse, and to him they had regard, and to Simon they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorcery. He simply was a counterfeit. Why am I preaching this? Because I believe the stage is set where there's going to be a whole lot that's going to step on the scene and try to counterfeit the real thing and the true spirit of God. It was a counterfeit. But when the people believed Philip's preaching, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon's watching, and he's seeing all of this unfold. And then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He looked at that, and he was enamored. 
It's interesting because I often have wondered what was it that piqued the interest of Simon? Oh yeah, I, I, I believe it was the miracles, but what really happened to him I think was even more than that. What piqued the interest was the miracles that were happening with just the people. The people. Not just with Philip, not just with the apostles, but they were seeing it from the people. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. They were seeing it in our homes. They need to see it. They were seeing it in their homes, and we need to see it in our homes, that the exercising of God's Spirit in our homes. Simon turned from demonic activity to one of God's children. Simon found Christ through the unity of apostolic ministry, but that apostolic ministry was through the people. That's what piqued his interest. He says, if that person can have it, then I guess I can have it. Simon didn't preach. Simon didn't sing. He didn't lay hands on people. He simply was there to support and believe. He followed the move of God. He was in unity with the Spirit. He was growing in Christ. And yet he became a part of the unity of the apostolic ministry just because he believed. He became a believer. But I come into your home today to tell you that doesn't mean that Simon was perfect. No. Simon even needed correction. And as they were laying hands on the people and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, Simon saw this while they were laying hands and the apostles were laying hands and the Holy Ghost fell on those that they laid hands on. He offered them money. And he said, give me also this power. That whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Simon was a believer, but he was just out of tune. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe there's somebody there that is listening to me and someone in your home that is listening to me and says, you know, I'm just not really quite in tune, but I am a believer. Be careful. When Simon was out of tune, he needed correction. He was trying to tune himself to a miracle when he should have been tuning himself to a message. Simon was tuning himself to an end result instead of tuning himself to Jesus Christ. And that one right there needs to be understood because we can be tuning ourselves to what we think an end result should be when we should just simply be trusting in God. Tying tails together. That's what he was doing. He was only associated with the church, but not in unity with the spirit of the church. So he had to be corrected. He had to be tuned. He had to be stretched just like a string on a guitar or a violin. It's to be stretched until it comes back in tune with all the other strings on the instrument. 
And after he offered them money to lay hands on the sick and to lay hands on people that they might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it upset Peter. And Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent. He said, repent. Simon, Philip said, repent before the Lord and repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. I think Philip really was saying, let's get this straight, Simon. Let's get this all worked out. You're wanting when you should be doing. You're asking for things when you should be giving. Lord, what are you going to do for me? God, what's going to happen to me? No, no, no. That's not, that's not the way the church, that's not the way the believer should be. He is rebuking Simon because Simon's wanting to buy when he should be giving the message of Jesus Christ to those people that used to follow him. Do something. Quit trying to buy this, he's saying, when you should be giving this. Don't try to buy this. Lord, what can I do to get more? 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 And all the while, the Lord is saying, how long is it going to take you before you understand that I've given you a whole lot that you should have already been given out to someone else? If you're a believer, you should be giving. Giving what? Well, you should be giving your hope. You should be giving encouragement. You should be giving wisdom. You should be giving faith. Quit trying to get what you should be giving. Simon, it's what you're not doing. You're not giving when this is your opportunity. Then 24th verse says, Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. <laughs> Simon saw his error. And he said, please, Philip, pray for me. Pray for me that I don't focus on what I can get, but that I can focus on what I can give. I don't want to leave anything out. This ought you have done, but not leave the other it's the other, it's the other, it's the other. The believer looks to the things that we haven't done and says, I want to include that so that the world doesn't see just the scribe and a Pharisee who is a hypocrite. He said, I pray ye to the Lord. Simon said, pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. I'm praying for you to fearlessly Unite with the church in your homes. I'm praying for you. Let's take a bad problem and turn it into a miracle. Simon, get out of the way and let the Spirit of Jesus Christ take over.
I am a believer. I am a believer. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness.